When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Whoa, whoa, my face is being melted by a soul. <laughs> 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 Hi, Art. <laughs> I like where that was going. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's just a taste. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just to wet your whistle. Electric Andy Light Orchestra over here. Uh, uh, Yelly. Um, well, Andy, I mean, uh, we have Yelly. an electrifying topic today, wouldn't you what? say? I'm shocked that we're discussing this today. That's how electrifying Very it is. scary topic. A scary topic. Very folklore topic, though. Folklorish. A malevolent spirit. One for the history hogs. One for the ghost lovers. Uh, yeah, you, we spectrophiliacs out there. Yeah, spectrophiliacs out there. And you, uh, you history hogs. Um, um, and I think one that a lot of people from a uh, lot of lot of native Spanish speaking cultures who may or may not listen to the show. I have no yeah. idea. Uh, would re- are really going to enjoy. Yeah, you may find this familiar yes. territory for those of you f- from Hispanic areas. Uh, today we are obviously discussing La Llorona. La Llorona! The, uh, the Weeping Woman. This Weeping is a, woman. a very, this is a classic folklore tale from Central South America and and, and other Spanish-speaking places. Yeah. Um, and even, even uh, here in, in uh, the USA, there's a lot of uh, the stories passed down from the centuries, from generation to generation. Um, very fun. And a lot. we're going to uncover a very fun history element to it as well. Mm-hmm. But we have somebody to thank for this, don't we, Andy? We do. We have a, uh, a bunk funker to right. thank for this uh, topic suggestion. Um, a multi-time don't remember the exact count uh episode <laughs> suggester uh so thank you for suggesting la llorona Tervino, cordova Tervino. um this is a wonderful suggestion that god knows andy and i would have never come up with because when andy and i were kids 
our parents used to scare us by saying that, you know, like the ice cream truck wasn't going to come by or something, yeah. or that uh, if we didn't behave, mm -hmm. um, the butter man was going to attack us. Yeah. Which was a sentient stick of butter that lived in my closet. Yeah. Um, you know, the only weeping woman I knew of when I was a kid was my mom weeping over my, um, you know, lack of success, many yeah. failures. That's right. Um, and now, of course, you have your wife. Yeah. Disappointing trajectory. So uh, you've life. just been surrounded by weeping women. Yeah. Basically, I'm a disappointment to um, <laughs> all people. That's right. Uh, we both are, but hey, today's topic and today's topic suggestor, Tervino, are never a disappointment, and you're never going to be disappointed because we're going to bring you the whole enchilada. Yeah. On La Llorona. And uh, if you can't wait to get all this folklore, ghost lore, history lore action, you, of course, can check out our show notes where there will be a timestamp that will let you skip right ahead to when the show actually starts. Because first, Andy and I need to do a little talking to you a little bit about the lore and what's been going on in our lives. We got to get okay. you updated on court. Okay. We don't, we hear you weeping out there, punk funkers, but uh, we give you the means to skip. Yeah. 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 While you're weeping and creeping. Yeah. We're just over here trying to update those who are interested. Yeah. And what's going on in our ongoing legal battles. Obviously, we've taken Mr. Bunker to court. It's been a, uh, a real roller coaster of a court. Mm. Very serious court case. I mean, um, you know, people... I'm sure maybe even maybe even 10 people are thoroughly invested in what is going on in this court case. This is one of those cases that you can just tell is going to set precedent for yes. years in the American legal system. Right. They're going to be talking about this one. Um, yeah. So we've, we've taken Bunker to court, you know, still dressed like D. Snyder. We're not um, going to take it. We're not going to take it. A lot of fun stuff, you know, best friends with the kangaroo court now, Judge Dredge Judy, um, Dredge Judy, uh, you know, lots of uh, David Crosby still in the back, has a hole in his knee where he got shot. Recovering from his many injuries. He's been really battered and I don't know why he keeps showing up. Yeah, he's really invested in this, uh, in the outcome of the trial. Uh, but today was no different, Andy. Today today was a fun day in court. Today was a Just fun day. Just be real about it. We actually got some things accomplished. Um, yeah. Today, um, you know, it was it was it was grand jury day uh, at the at the court. Um, it was a grand old day, and you know, I assume that we'd have to you know appear before a grand jury, but it's actually much nicer than that. Um, all the members of the hung right. jury, right. their grandparents came and right. observed court for the it day. It was bring your grand jury to court day. Yeah, grand jury when you if. You are in a jury. Your grandparents are the grand jury. Right. And so the grand jury came and observed court today. So <laughs> we had the hung jury uh, and we had their incredibly sexy grandparents. Oh, my God. These grandparents were so fuckable. I mean, these these are easily the most fuckable granddads and grannies that you've ever seen. You can tell where they get the genes from. Yeah. 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 And I mean, they... Some of them could fit in the same jeans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these were fit. These are older people. Fit older grandparents, still very active, most likely live in Arizona, um, hiking, biking, fucking, uh, fucking. You can tell. You can tell. Driving their golf carts around, dick swinging. I mean, that's how they're fucking slowing these golf carts down. You yeah. just know it. These guys just are hung out. Dick on the ground. There's a hung jury. Down. I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible. I mean, they're, uh, you know. 
Yeah. And for the women, their labia? Yeah, just <laughs> dragging on the ground. Or their breasts? Yeah, these are hung all the way around grandparents. Very hung. Huge genitals. A massive. Incredible. Um, People. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's... Uh, they all look they all look younger than me, which I know is like not saying much. Right. Well, it was a very it was a very big grandstand. Yeah. We had, and they actually had a stand. Yeah. They had a big stand where they actually put all the grands up there. Yeah. Uh the grands were all on stand and um, mm-hmm. you know, they had a little talent show and it was fun. Yeah. Um, very important in court to have talent. Uh if you don't have talent and you don't bring it to the courtroom, you don't show talents. Yeah. Um, why should anybody ever want to make sure you don't go to jail? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like these people have cool talents. Let's not send them to jail. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want talented people to end up behind bars. So of course you have some of the grandparents juggling. You have other ones who could do like funny ventriloquist dummy acts and, uh, which are just so fucking fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, how do they do it? You know, it's like the grandma is the ventriloquist and the grandpa is the dummy. <laughs> and yeah. you know she like sticks her finger up his butt and right like that's how she like right cues him when to talk uh-huh. yeah. to move his mouth and um yeah i mean it's um you know you have other ones who um you know you've got old grandpa strongmen who can rip phone books in half grandpa magicians you've got <laughs> you've got grandmas who can play the clarinet really well still yeah. I mean, those lips, they're not dry. Uh, and she is blowing on those reeds. Yeah. Um, you could tell. Yeah, there was that Bunker one. was paying attention. The one atheist strongman grandpa who ripped the Bible in half. <laughs> um, but, you know. I mean, he was ripping tons of different holy books in half. He would yeah. grab the Quran, he ripped that in half. He grabbed the first half of the Bible and ripped that in half. Yeah. For the of, Jewish people. One of the grandmas is a surgeon and performs surgery in the courtroom as as her talent. That was pretty weird. <laughs> she was a retired surgeon. She did surgery on David Crosby. Yep. In the courtroom. Not on his knee. Nope. <laughs> took she out took his out pancreas. His, yeah. Took, yeah. Seems like you need that organ, but yeah. I guess, I don't know. She's a surgeon. She, she kept she kept telling him his life would be a lot different. And sure enough, I mean, he had a, he looked like he had a lot of well, I'd say IVs this, in him today. He, he looked like one fortunate son, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I mean, there was a bad moon rising. Which luckily she took out that pancreas because I think that's what was hurting his knee. Could be the gunshot. I don't know. Wait, who do you think David Crosby is? Do you think he's John Fogarty? <laughs> Wait, is, is it Crosby stills in Ash? Oh, that's Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, God, no wonder he fucking doesn't like me. Boy, this joke is for the birds, huh? <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, I feel so embarrassed. No wonder he never wants to make eye contact with me. I was trying to chat him up. Yeah, I know. You probably called him, you thought he was John Fogarty. You've been talking CCR to David Crosby this whole time. I'm going up to him at court recess. I'm like, hey, hey, man, what's up? Why are they always playing that Fortunate Son song in Vietnam movies? What's up with that? You guys get royalties for every time that happens? He's looking at me 
12 David ways Crosby asked you what you did last night, and you were like, do, 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 look it out my back door. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm hamming it up. I'm waiting for him to say something. He's just yeah. shaking his head, and he just walks away. Yeah. Oh, well, now I know. <laughs> yeah. I've been pissing him off. That makes a lot of sense I've been now. calling him John. Yeah. <laughs> John yeah. David Crosby. John. <laughs> John Jacob Jingleheimer Crosby. And then I'm asking him, I'm like, what was the deal with you and uh, you and and uh, Pudding Pops? <laughs> what happened to that sh- cartoon you had about a big old fat kid who lived in a dumpster with his friends? They lived in a, they hung out in a fucking dumpster or a junkyard. What happened to that? You had a show. Didn't you have a show? And he's just looking at me. And you were like, shouldn't you be in prison right now? <laughs> shouldn't you be in prison? After that rape conviction? Rape convictions? Bill Crosby? <laughs> I thought it was for all those funny sweaters. Crimes against fashion? Oh, yeah. No, don't worry. He committed sexual assault crimes, too. <laughs> God, well, that explains so much, Andy. I mean, geez, Louise, now my eyes are opened. Yeah. You can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> well, boy, I have some apologies to write. I got to tell you, bunk bunkers, because I've been called. I mean, I feel I feel embarrassed for David Crosby, but he's the one who keeps showing up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He opened himself up to this by showing up so much. <laughs> Did you accuse any of the uh, hung jury, any of the grand jury of being in? Clearwater Revival? I mean, I've been walking up to everybody just singing, uh, you know, Fortunate I Son. I ain't no senator's son. <laughs> I was born, she was born in <laughs> It ain't me. It ain't me. I mean, I've been singing Fortunate Son every time they put me up on the stand. Yeah. They keep saying, did you do this? I keep saying, it ain't me. It ain't me. Art always flies a Huey helicopter up to the stand, and he's always screaming. Fortunate oh my son. god! Every time I see a helicopter, it's like I look around. I'm like, "Are this fucking fortunate son playing? Who's playing it?" I'm walking around. I'm talking to all the grand jury. You know, of course, they're giving me looks. <laughs> of course, you know because yeah. they're grandparents, though they love to spoil you. So a couple of them are they're slipping like little five, ten dollar bills into my pockets, into my yeah. clothing, into my g string. <laughs> All sorts of stuff. All of a sudden, now they're like telling me to dance. I'm up on stage. I'm dancing. I mean, things got wild, Andy. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild day in court today. But, you know, again, very productive. It's true. I think we showed that we have a lot of talent. I could have done without Judge Dredge Judy throwing coins at me. Yeah. That hurt. Yeah. But I don't think she had any bills. No. She always keeps it. She always keeps a take a penny, leave a penny tray on the Well, bench she's got though. one of those like old timey, uh, like... Train conductor, uh, coin apparati, bat, Batman, yeah, bat thing. belt uh, apparatuses yeah, you where you can your pop belt, little you push coins the thing and coins come out out of a mini Pez dispenser mm-hmm. on your hip. She's yeah. got one of those. I mean, to be fair, these were all one dollar coins. So yeah. you made Sacagawea some good money. coins. Yeah, Sacagawea, she sucked it to you with those coins. She was whipping them. Because yeah. <laughs> after the after Exhibit gave her those hydraulic arms. Oh my God! Exhibit gave her dry hydraulic arms. You believe that? Yeah. Your body was getting pretty battered. I have bruises. The grand jury seemed to enjoy it, though. Well, the grand jury, after I got done dancing, they started slipping me money. You know, they obviously were kissing my little boo-boos. Yeah. 
all over. They were giving me little kisses, Rubbing making me feel better, lotions. making me like little snickerdoodle cookies. Yeah. It was great. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Today was a good day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were disappointed in me, but I'm used to that. I mean, that feels like home to me. Yeah. They spoiled the lever loving shit out of me and they only had disdain for you. Mm -hmm. They cut me out of their wills. Yeah. They cut you out of all their wills. I don't know why I was in their wills to begin with. That <laughs> seems weird. I didn't know them they before. They kept commenting this. on your appearance, saying you gained weight, that you needed, you know, things like that. It was, um, it was a real dichotomy. Yeah, it was a real, yeah, yeah, a real, uh, real yin and yang kind of yeah. situation. On the opposite for me, they're telling me eat, 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 manja, 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 manja. You need to eat more. Then, meanwhile, the the grand mommies were slapping my hand with a wooden yep. spoon. That's true. You got hit with a lot of different wooden objects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got my hand slapped. I got my face slapped. I got my butt slapped. Big old breadboard. Whap. You know, with me, they kept they they were knitting me all sorts of little things. I got I got a million different knit objects. Mm -hmm. I have a knit hat, knit scarf, knit little mittens, a knit sweater that says "I love you." I mean, so many. I didn't even know you could crochet a condom. I did. <laughs> it's just a cod piece at that point. It's not effective. True, one of the hung jury grandmas crocheted me a codpiece. She does racy knitting yeah. and crocheting. I mean, lovely work. She calls it crotcheting. So, you know, if you ever need like a, a hand-knit fleshlight. <laughs> she crocheted some assless chaps that are really popular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are nice. A crocheted fleshlight. Jesus Christ. Very soft. But you, they kept saying, like, you know what, go down into the basement and get us some extra cans. You know, they would like, you know, bring up some of the folding chairs from down there. Right. Go down seats. there, get the folding chairs, make yourself useful for once. And it's like, saying, I don't even work here. <laughs> you didn't know where you were going. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I got lost in the basement of the courthouse. Oh, and you don't want to be lost in the basement of courthouse. No, you don't. There were all those files and those skeletons. Files, skeletons, uh, you know. People on the on the lamb, because <clears throat> nobody goes down there. Well, yeah, they have to ride lambs. It's such a big, uh, yeah. fucking expansive basement. Yeah, it's huge. Ride a lamb around. I had to walk. That's right. I'm not gonna mount a sheep. Not again. I tell you though, Andy, I will bring that grand jury back any day of the week. That was real fun for me. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, you was... love being just beaten down like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a lot of self esteem, and it's good that I don't get any. And I recognize that. So. It makes me feel good when people insult me uh, and call me worthless and say that uh, I should live at the dump because I'm trash. Um, One of the other grandmas was a uh, she was a former Harlem Globetrotter and she was bouncing me on her knee. She was bouncing you like a basketball. Yeah, yeah, she bounced. She's fucking bouncing you, shooting. She put me baskets. on her finger and yeah, put me on her fingers, spun, her. spun me around. Yeah. I got real dizzy. Uh, yeah. She she chucked me up at the hoop. I went. I got stuck <laughs> in the hoop. Uh, not small enough to fit. Through. I threw up because it of course, was... famously, I mean, the courtroom has a court. Yeah, it's a, a basketball, basketball court. court. Yeah, room. Right. It's a fun day. I had a great time. Yeah. No. I love it. Love any anytime a grand jury wants to come by again. Yeah. Sign me yeah, up. Anytime these beautiful fuckable oldies want to come by, they're allowed. Oh my god, my cheeks got pinched so much today. I mean, and yeah. your ass cheeks. Whew, they're red. Yeah, they're, they're like raw. Raw from all the beatings. Yeah, you look uh, like yours a are raw from all the pinchings. Yeah, uh, you look like a baboon, and I look like Raggedy Ann. Yeah, you look like Raggedy Andy. You look like Ratchety Andy. Jesus Christ, you're so <laughs> fucking ratchet. 
I don't know if I'm using that word right. Check check his slang here, bug funkers. Ratchet? Ratchet, yeah. That's what, that means you look bad, right? Yeah. I look like shit. Yeah. I look like Raggedy Ann. I'm like I'm cute. I'm a little doll. Yeah. Cute as a button. Yeah. Rosy cheeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, bug Bookers, that was court today. It was lovely. I'm f- so full on cookies and home cooked meals. It's wonderful. Yeah, all that stuff smelled good. I wish I was allowed to taste it. <laughs> Andy had to sit in the other room and take a couple different showers. I had to be at the kids' table. Yeah, which there was no table or right. chairs. No, there was no other kids. Um, spoiled me rotten. But uh, you know who else we're gonna spoil rotten today, Andy? You know who spoils us rotten? With their patronage, their sending in of episodes, with their awesome suggestions. Um, I think today's, well, I think I think it's probably Turvino. I think it's probably Turvino. Today's bunker Tur- alarm recipient. Turvino is like our is like the bunker grand jury. Uh, grandfather Turvino. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Turvino. Uh, because you sent us in this great topic, uh, because you're such a loyal bunk funker, and because uh, you asked for it, and because you asked for it <laughs> again, bunk funkers, that's all you have to do is just ask for it. Uh, we are ringing the bunker alarm for you today, right. Turvino. We are going to fire up the Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 Bye. and play you a perfectly synced alarm to honor your patronage of this show. Uh, so let me just uh, go ahead and uh, take a peek here in the old alarm catalog. <laughs> this is a nice one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hope so. All right. Now, Bunk Funkers, obviously, the Bunk Tech Bugger Alarm 3000 is a super advanced piece of equipment. And I could just push a button and everything would be fine. But Art and I, eh, we like the countdown. So we're going to count down from three. Three. Trevino, this is for you. Three. Two. Thank you for your support. Thank you for this episode. Thank you for asking for a Bunker Alarm. Three. Thank you, Turvino. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Turvino, again. This is a great topic. Very fun. Uh, fun history here, history lesson here, fun um, folk tales, fun um, folk tales. Let's get to it right now. Folk tales. Woo! La Yarona, the weeping woman. Folk tales. Woo! When she comes, you're gonna drown. Especially if you are a kid and you act just like a clown. Folk tales. Woo! Right now on Mr. Bunker's podcast. Woo! 
Maria was born to a peasant family in a humble village. Her startling beauty captured the attention of both the, the rich and the poor men of the area. And one day, a rich traveler was passing through her village. When he spotted the beautiful Maria, he just had to force his carriage to halt. He got out to greet her. This wealthy man was head over heels in love, and soon the two were married. In the beginning, it was pure romance. He lavished her with gifts and attention, and eventually, Maria gave birth to two beautiful sons. However, after she bore the children, he began to change, returning to a life of, of womanizing and drinking and often leaving her alone with the kids for months at a time. He seemingly he no longer cared for his once beautiful bride, Maria, even talking right in front of her about, about leaving her to marry another woman who fit his social status. When he did return home, it was only ever to visit his children. And the devastated Maria began to feel resentment towards her own two boys. One evening, as Maria was walking with her two kids on a shady pathway near the local river, who came by but her husband in a carriage with him? Another woman. He stopped, got out, completely ignored his dear Maria, and spoke only his two children before getting back into the carriage going down the road without even looking back after seeing this Maria went into a terrible rage turning against her children she seized them and cast them into the river they drowned disappeared downstream she realized what she had done and she ran down the banks of the river to try and save them but it was too late she broke down into inconsolable grief, running down the streets, screaming, wailing, crying out. Beautiful Maria mourned for her kids day and night. During this time, she refused to eat. She walked along the river in her beautiful white gown, just searching for her children, hoping they would come back. But they never did. She cried endlessly as she roamed the river, and her gown became soiled and torn. She, she refused to eat. Her body grew thinner until she looked like a walking skeleton. But eventually, the once beautiful Maria starved, died near the banks of the river. Not long after her death, her restless spirit began to appear, walking the banks of the river when darkness fell. Her weeping and wailing became a curse of the night. People began to be afraid to go out after dark. She was said to have been drifting between the trees along the shoreline or floating in the current with her long white gown spread upon the waters. On many a dark evening, people would see her walking along the riverbank, crying out for her children. And so they no longer spoke of her as Maria, but rather La Llorona, the weeping woman. Now that's a good ghost story, huh, Bug Bunkers? Uh, now let's put out that fire. Ugh. What's in that jar? What did you just use to put the fire out with? <laughs> hey, Art. Don't worry about it, dude. Because we gotta get to tell the bunkfuckers about La Llorona, the weeping woman. 
And don't worry, Bunkfunkers, today's episode won't just be Art and I struggling not to make my Sharona parody songs. We actually will be doing it. Hit it! No, 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 Art, we're actually going to try and change our image today. I'm sick of being a friggin' hack. No matter how bad I want to make a La Llorona, My Sharona, My Corona, the early 2000s internet parody song about the beer and the coronavirus version, super mega parody song, I won't. Get it. Anywho, that story we told you up top is one of many La Llorona supposed origin stories. La Llorona is a very well-known piece of Hispanic folklore with many Spanish-speaking countries and cultures claiming to be the ones who originated the tale. But truly, Bunk Funkers, La Llorona origin stories vary a bit. In fact, here's another version. La Llorona, christened Maria, was born to a peasant family in a humble village. Her startling beauty captivated the attention of both the rich and the poor men of the area. She was said to have spent her days in her humble peasant surroundings, but in the evenings she would don her best white gown and thrill the men who admired her in the local fandangos. The young men anxiously awaited for her arrival, and she reveled in the attention that she received. However, La Llorona had two small sons, who made it difficult for her to spend her evenings out, and often she left them alone while she cavorted with the gentlemen during the evenings. One day, the two small boys were found drowned in the river. Some say they drowned through her neglect, but others say that they may have died by her own hand. I think at this point you kind of get the gist of the story, but generally speaking, La Llorona tends to be either some kind of beautiful woman or who for one reason or another drowns her kids in a river and now is a ghostly haunting image that many people claim to have seen. More often than not, she is thin, ghostly, with long black hair, and is wearing a white dress. She is typically accompanied by the sound of wailing and crying, and she is also seen near water or associated with the water in some way. And in many cultures, she is used as a sort of quote-unquote boogeyman to scare misbehaving children or keeping them from going out at night. Kind of like a, hey, quit roughhousing back there, La Llorona will get you. Now, in some versions, La Llorona kills indiscriminately. Men, women, children. She doesn't give a fuck. In others, it's only children she's after, dragging them to a watery grave. But truly, no one can exactly pinpoint where this story originated. The legend of La Llorona is traditionally told throughout Hispanic America, including Mexico, Central, and South America. La Llorona stories can be heard in many other locations throughout North America as well, like throughout the Southwest and as far north as Montana on the banks of the Yellowstone River. And we'll dive deeper into the history of the tale a little bit later. But first, how about some more La Llorona stories, huh, Bunk Funkers? Does that sound nice? Uh, well, it better. Otherwise, La Llorona is going to get you. Now quit roughhousing. I swear to God, don't make me turn this podcast around. Like we mentioned, La Llorona is often used to scare misbehaving children. I scare my kid by telling him that if he doesn't behave, Jeff Bezos will sting him and take away all of daddy's money. And then daddy will have to resort to selling his nude photos on OnlyFans to make ends meet. Yeah, Jeff Bezos is going to have a hard time getting you to not piss in a bottle. <laughs> it's true. He'll have to hit me where it hurts. The wallet. Jeff, or Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Or I guess he could hit me in the urethra. 
If I can't pee, I can't pee in a bottle. <laughs> he was pissed. That's what I used to put out the fire earlier, by the way. It was a bottle of piss. I fucking knew it. Oh, it reeked. <laughs> yeah, I eat nothing but hard-boiled eggs. Uh, now, we have collected some of these stories from a website called Legends of America. It's linked in our show notes. It appears that these are reader-submitted stories, so we wanted to give some credit. We kind of paraphrase slash tell these stories in our own tone, but wanted to make sure we cite our sources. We don't want La Llorona to drown us for plagiarism. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, this La Llorona story takes place in the small suburb, small suburbs of a valley town in California called Lompoc. According to this person named Nisi, La Llorona was a prostitute, and every time she would get pregnant, she would take the newborn baby and drown it in a river. One day she was murdered by one of her customers and God sentenced her to wander the rivers and streets looking for children. The ghastly Yorona cried endlessly, so much so that her eyes dried out, leaving two black holes where they had once been. Also, her mouth grew large, like a horse's mouth. Big old horse mouth. But, Nisi continues, La Yorona would hear a child's crying and come towards it, thinking it was one of her own. Nisi says they were one of eight children, and their parents would tell them that La Llorona was outside, and if they cried during the day, they soon became afraid to walk around their house at night for fear that La Llorona heard their cries. Does that make sense? I have no idea. Okay. If they, if they fucking misbehaved and cried yeah. during the day, they later became afraid that La Llorona that was going to get them at the night. she would come and get them. Okay. Yeah. Nisi says, quote, One night when I was about eight years old, I was terribly angry at my mom, and she made me sleep with her that night. However, I was so upset that I couldn't sleep and La Llorona was the last thing on my mind. However, as I tossed and turned, I looked to the foot of the bed and there stood a lady in a black dress with purple trim. She had two black holes where her eyes should have been and an enormous grin on her face. She had long, straight black hair that looked like it was blowing in the wind. End quote. Nisi watched La Llorona for a few minutes, who didn't move, just stared. Finally, Nisi fell asleep. Boy, I've heard of a horse girl, but horse mouth girl? Horse mouth, horse mouth. Hey, now, you're a horse mouth. <laughs> Eat some children. Go, Go drown them. Here's another La Llorona story used for children misbehaving. This is the account of someone named Epifanio Garcia. Now, Epifanio was a bit of a rabble rouser, a smart mouth, an outspoken little youngster and he would often argue with his parents. After one particularly heated argument, Epifanio and his brother, Carlos and Augustine, decided to get out of their little ranch in uh, Ojo de la Vaca and head towards the Via Real de Santa Fe. Uh, so they hitched up their wagon and set off. While on their travels, they encountered a strange tall woman wearing a black tapello and a black veil over her face. The woman was a spirit, and suddenly she appeared in the front seat of the wagon between the two brothers. She stayed completely silent, sitting and staring at the boys. While Epifanio had had enough, he gathered the horses and turned around to head back home. Then La Llorona looked to him dead in the eyes and said, I will visit you again someday when you argue with your mother. Ooh, chilling. 
Don't argue with mommy. <clears throat> if there's one thing I learned in my days as a carnival bear wrestler, it's you never mess with a mama bear. You never mess with the mama. Mm, that's a big mistake there, Epifanio. <laughs> uh, here's a story from Tonya, uh, Tanya Appelar of Eureka, California, which also appeared on Legends of America. When Tanya was in the seventh grade, which is usually 12 to 13 years of age in the U.S., she had a terrible dream. She dreamt of herself standing on a dark road, illuminated only by a single dim street light. She looks at the ground. It's wet. And in the distance, she hears the sound of rainfall. Suddenly, tap, 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 tap. The sounds of footsteps in the rain coming toward her. Tanya peers into the darkness. It's a woman. She's dressed in all black with a dark lacy veil covering her face, and she's headed right towards Tanya. As she approached, the sound of the rain grew louder and louder. Now this woman was 15 feet away, looking past Tanya over her shoulder. Tanya turns to see what this mysterious woman is looking toward. She sees a young child dressed in an all-white nightgown, playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle of water. Tanya turns back. The woman is three inches from her face. The veil is lifted, and this woman's eyes were large black pools, empty and soul-draining. Tanya awoke in a panic. She surveyed the room and noticed the rain outside her bedroom window. She didn't dare fall back asleep that night. The next day, Tanya shook off the dream. A year went by, and she hadn't considered it. Until one night, she had a sleepover with some friends. Also attending the sleepover was a girl she had never met before. A friend of her friend, Sarah. Sarah explained all about La Llorona. Tanya was shocked to find out the exact description of the woman she saw in her dream matched La Llorona. Sarah said that La Llorona only lifts her veil to her victims and curses them to find the bones of her lost children for all eternity. Tanya lives in fear of her afterlife. Will La Llorona force her to keep force her to help find the bones of all her lost children? Now, that's a creepy story for sure. However, La Llorona should definitely contact me about finding bones. I have never had to find child bones, but I found numerous chicken bones. Well, yeah, you ate the bones. I ate the bones! Funkers, it's a KFC commercial from like 10 years ago. We love it. Uh, Andy St. Clair, YouTube it. I ate the bones! I ate the bones! I ate the bones, KFC commercial. Anywho, we're going to retell two stories we found that shift the La Llorona narrative entirely. Typically, she is a malevolent spirit, but these stories show her as still a creep, but like a helpful creep. I guess you could say like, you know, Jared Fogle. Yes, he was a pedophile, but also he helped a lot of people lose weight. So, you know, helpful creep. Jared Fogle. (laughs) Fucking Jared Fogle. Uh, These tales come to us from an article about La Llorona written by Robert Lopez for the website Ancient Origins. This story comes from the uh, uh, Guanajuato region of Mexico, uh, located in central Mexico, a little ways away from Mexico City. The story goes that a few members of a family, the mom, dad, and their teenage son, suddenly started seeing the ghostly image of La Llorona appear near the two young children in the family. Later, they heard the weeping and cries of La Llorona in the middle of the night, but only the older members could see and hear La Llorona. The children were none the wiser. The appearance and ghostly wails of La Llorona became so frequent that even extended family who visited could hear and see these ghastly sights and sounds. 
Eventually, the family had enough, and they sent their children to stay with some extended family. The paranormal manifestations immediately stopped. The weekend after the children were sent away and the La Llorona sighting stopped, one of the family's cousins came by to visit and stay with them for a few months. They told him all about the La Llorona sightings. Some time passed, and the parents were ready to bring their children home so they could visit with their cousin. Maybe La Llorona had finally moved on. But the day before the children returned home, the police showed up at the house, and they arrested the cousin, who had been wanted on several child abuse charges. Wow! Wow! La Llorona isn't like Jared Fogle at all! She's like a Jared Fogle protector! Anti-Fogle! <laughs> I think I had to put some anti-Fogle medicine on my toes once. Yeah, yeah, this is... That athlete's foot. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! Tough acting La Llorona! Applied directly to the forehead. <laughs> well, here's another story in a similar vein with La Llorona as a protector of the children. The story comes from the small town of uh, Haracuaro, Haracuaro, which is located in western coastal, the western coastal Mexican state of uh, Michoan. 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 Uh, Michoan. Haracuaro. Um, I'm sorry, bugfuckers. I can, I, you know, you can barely Michuan. expect me to pronounce English words. I can't also pronounce Spanish. Michuan. I try. Yeah. Uh, the story concerns a mother and her children. They were staying with her sister and her sister's family for some time in Haracuaro. Uh, her sister let her stay in the rear room of their house. Now, this house was quite old. And at night, they began to hear strange noises. The sounds of footsteps. Cabinets and doors opening and closing all by themselves. All of this accompanied by the faint apparition of a woman, La Llorona. She would only appear in glimpses, but there was no denying her presence and her soft, muffled crying. The family did what they thought would help. They asked a local priest to come by and bless the home to try and rid their home of La Llorona, but it didn't work. She still appeared. One night, the mother awoke to find her children conversing with La Llorona's shadow right next to their bed. The children turned to their mother and said that the nice woman asked them to stop sleeping in the back room and move to the front of the house. Now, the mother naturally was freaked out by this, but she had nowhere to go. So her sister let her stay in the front living room instead of the back bedroom. Sleeping on a couch can't be pleasant, but just two nights later, a massive thunderous crackling noise shook the house and the entire household woke up in shock to find the back bedroom where the mother and children had seen La Llorona had completely collapsed and caved in due to a sinkhole. Wow. La Llorona doubles as a home inspector. Ghost, home inspector, suspected child murderer. What can she do? She's truly a most multifaceted paranormal entity, unlike Casper, that lazy fuck. Oh, man. If Casper didn't have his fuckable good looks, he'd be absolutely screwed. But lucky for him, he's super fuckable. He's super hot. He's a hot ghost. That's one sexy fucking ghost. That's, that's one sexy ghost. Yeah. But as you can see, Bunk Bunkers, La Llorona stories vary greatly by region, by family, by generation. But is there any way we can pinpoint its origin? How do so many people have the same stories of a ghostly apparition in so many different places? And why does it vary? There are a handful of uh, historical origin stories that we'll describe, but one paranormal researcher conducted his own experiment and has some ideas of his own. 
But first, many believe that La Llorona is connected in some way to the Aztecs or other ancient native peoples of Central and South America. Some see her as reminiscent of the Aztec goddess Siwakoatl, Siwakoatl, I should say, Siwakoatl, got to get it right, who is a sign of motherhood and fertility, or the Aztec goddess Chalchiutlique, Chalchiutlique, they're long, long names. Oh, these are tough ones. Uh, who is a deity of water and rivers and such. Uh, um, I lost my place. Oh, there we are. <laughs> uh, who is a deity of water and rivers and such. Uh, Siwakoatl in particular is said to first appear weeping and may have been an omen foretelling the arrival of the Spaniards and their subsequent slaughtering of the natives. So it makes sense that she's weeping, but it's easy to see the connection between these deities and La Llorona. Stories of grieving women who drown children are nothing new. In fact, many cultures have tales with a similar fate. I don't know if it says if that says more about us as humans or about how kids can be real fucking annoying sometimes. Anyway, stories of weeping phantoms can be found in German folktales from the 1500s. La Llorona's story also has similarities to the Greek tale of the demigoddess Lamia, who had a saucy affair with Zeus. Then again, Zeus was fucking like everybody. I mean, seriously, who didn't this guy have an affair with? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> uh, and then Lamia got preggers and bore some children. Well, Hera, Zeus's long-suffering wife, finds out about Lamia and goes hog wild on them kids. Well, no, wait. That came out wrong. Sorry, I mean she murdered all of Lamia's children with Zeus. That's much better. Yeah, she didn't go hog wild, hog wild in the sense that she murdered them all. So then Lamia is pissed and goes around killing other people's kids. God damn, Zeus, keep your freaking domadong in its domicile, dude. Fuck, Zeus, Zeus, keep having fucking affairs, bro. Fucking Come on. dick wrapped up in grape leaves, keeping stuffed in your fucking pants, dude. God damn, brother. Keep your ding-dong up in your toga. Don't let it flop around and be banging all these chicks and then, fuck, you won't have all these problems, dude. <laughs> fuck, I'm going to set you straight, Zeus, man. You ain't right. Goddamn, you banging so many fucking people. You're causing so many goddamn problems for Zeus. You ever thought how peaceful your life could be, Zeus, if you just keep that ding-dong You're fucking all-powerful, brother. I mean, what the fuck do you need on them kids for running or around? Or lightning bolts. I mean, fucking goddamn, Zeus, your most powerful god on Olympus. Keep your dick to, dick to yourself, dude. Potent seed on that one, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> there is speculation that La Llorona could be the actual historical woman named Doña Marina, better known as La Malinche. Now, La, La Malinche is a somewhat uh, controversial figure in modern times. Or rather, I guess, you know, from an outsider's perspective, it's debated whether she was like good or bad. It's gray. It's a gray area. There's a lot to talk about with it. But. La Malinche was a indigenous native of Mexico during the reign of the Aztecs who was sold into slavery by her own mother, by the way, at a young age and became the property of Hernan Cortez, the Spanish conquistador. Well, La Malinche has a natural affinity for language and soon Cortez discovered her skills and used her as an interpreter. The thing is, I mean, not just an interpreter, but also like an advisor. She showed him all the different routes to take, all the different villages she assisted him on a lot of different levels, and it was actually said by some of Cortez's men 
that she was second only to God in Cortez's success. He would have never conquered the area without her, is what they all had to say. So you can't under, understate her importance to his um, his conquest. Now, some see La Malinche as a traitor to her people, as she directly aided in Cortez's slaughtering of literally her own people. Others try to understand the historical context of her plight and her situation. That is the controversial area. Yeah. Either way, she eventually bore a few sons from relations with Cortez. Cortez, who, by the way, like passed her along to another one of his captains while uh, he went off to do some more killing and conquering. He said, hey, go marry, go marry my best friend. <laughs> yeah, go marry my bro. Uh, it's easy to see, though, the similarities between La Malinche and La Llorona. One could argue that as you know, families and communities over the centuries passed down cuentos or oral stories of uh, La Malinche, how they could morph into kind of a story like La Llorona, especially if the people telling the tale kind of see La Malinche as a traitor. Perhaps they enjoyed telling the story of a woman who was betrayed by her rich lover, as he told in the beginning, as you know, we kind of told in the beginning of this of this episode, who then drowned her children with him. However, we have to say there is no official link between these two. There is a 19th century sonnet by the Mexican poet uh, Men- Manuel uh, Carpio, uh, which references La Llorona, but uh, there's no child murder. She's only the ghost of a woman who was murdered by her husband. I mean, it's... Meh. You lost me at no child murder. <laughs> you had me and you lost me. Yeah. Uh, bunk bunkers, you can clearly see how it's difficult to pin down the origins of this story. The tales have been passed down over the centuries from one generation to the next. How can one determine what is actual experience and what is imagination? Well, one paranormal researcher, Christopher Chacon, was up to the task. Chacon has a background of nearly 40 years and thousands of cases, exploring the world of the supernatural, paranormal, possessions, hauntings, poltergeists, UFOs, alien abductions, and cryptids. He's considered an expert in parapsychology and paranormal anomalies and a top authority in the supernatural. He is a member of countless scientific organizations and seeks to find meaning and conduct scientific tests to explain the unexplainable. This guy knows his ghosts. He was also an accomplished magician and uh, trained uh, and trained and educated in ancient Mayan mysticism. This guy knows a lot. Yeah. Uh, he knows more in one-eighth of his brain than I know in eight times my brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if anyone is up to the task of understanding La Llorona, it's him. And we'd like to christen him an honorary history hog for his work. Uh, so we say to you, Christopher Chacon, oink, oink, brother. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Uh, we think this might be the top award he's ever received and will surely make an appearance in his official biography. We look forward to that note from we you, uh, Christopher Chacon. Yeah, that exists. Shout out to us. Yeah. Uh, in an article by Robert Lopez for Ancient Origins, Chacon detailed his process of uncovering the truth behind La Llorona. According to Chacon, less people than you think have actually ever encountered La Llorona, especially when compared to the number of stories passed down between families about her. Quote, I have dealt with countless phenomena that may have all the earmarks and key elements of a La Llorona encounter. A female apparition spirit, seemingly grieving, crying, malevolent actions toward children, etc., but turned out to be an entirely different supernatural manifestation. So it is crucial not to jump to conclusions when assessing phenomena, no matter how certain we are 
and be mindful of the potential unlimited possibilities that always exist. So just because you saw a crying lady ghost doesn't mean it was La Llorona, okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, ghost women react to me the same way real women do. Oh, brother. <laughs> the afterlife is going to suck for us. Women look at us and weep, either due to our hideous appearance or our hideous personalities. It's not that they're, like, in danger from us or anything. It's no. more on, like, a cosmic level, like a who would be so cruel as to create people like these two guys? That's why they cry. It's yeah. uh, very sad. Yeah, we've made many uh, people question their metaphysical beliefs, their uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, cosmogony. They look at us and they just think, how the fuck could some grand creator create these two? Yeah. This is a sick joke. Sick. A sick, joke. cruel fucking joke. What a horrible thing to inflict on other people. These two creatures. Anywho, let's talk about how Chacon uh, investigated La the La Llorona origin story and what he concluded from it. Chacon dug through thousands of La Llorona tales and met with a plethora of supposed eyewitnesses. He selected over 2,500 eyewitnesses to La Llorona, ranging from children to the elderly from all walks of life based in Mexico, to thoroughly interview them all. He then subjected them to, quote, a battery of physiological and psychological tests. Uh, not exactly sure what those tests were, but uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Apparently, Chacon has a very specific interview style that allows subjects to give a more detailed recounting of their experiences. Then he would also investigate the location where these La Llorona encounters took place, analyzing the environment for signs of paranormal activity, corroborating it with the circumstances of the supposed experience. Chacon says that these La Llorona encounters were no laughing matter, which is, you know, difficult for ass clowns like Andy and I to understand. Oh, yeah. Everything's a joke to us, ass clowns like us. To an ass clown like me and you. Everything's a toot and a hoot to ass clowns like us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's a... Uh... Fart and the shit. I don't know. For shits and giggles, fuck. <laughs> Whatever, I'm an ass clown. Yeah, everything shits and giggles. But many of these subjects were left quite traumatized by their experiences, and many felt a great deal of, you know, shame surrounding retelling their, like, a ghost story, which he points out is a stigma to many supernatural experiences. Chacon determined that out of the roughly 2,500 encounters he investigated, 1,750 were completely explainable and not in any way paranormal. That leaves around 750 experiences left. Now these 750 Chacon, uh, now these 750 uh, Chacon determined were legit paranormal activity, but 643 of those 750 were unrelated to La Llorona and were instead some other ghostly activity. Perhaps it was the ghost that one day Art and I will turn into El Chilito. That joke is for our Spanish-speaking bunk bunkers out there. Yeah, when you encounter El Chilito, you first hear crying, but it's for a much different reason than La Llorona. Yeah. Oh. yeah. You'd think <laughs> you think we'd get used to it by the afterlife, but no. <laughs> El Chilito. You hear the sobs of two sad, sad men. Sad men. Anywho, the last remaining 107 experiences were pretty spot on, highly plausible law Yorona encounters. But, and this is a big revelation, quote, there were no indications of any malevolence, animosity, or malice toward the children at the center of each encounter, but rather only benevolence, warmth, compassion, and even protective, nurturing characteristics. What? What? 
Here we were thinking La Llorona is some kind of child predator, baby, murder, and motherfucker, but Chacon is telling us she's really a child protector? A regular St. Joseph? Mamma mia. That's right. San Giuseppe. <laughs> Chacon actually believes the following about La Llorona, according to him. In a malicious act of spite and vengeance, an abusive, unscrupulous father, not the mother, not the mama. He didn't say that. I added that. From the dinosaur from dinosaurs. The dinosaurs from dinosaurs added that. Not me. Not him. <laughs> all right. Back to Chacon. Drowns the dinosaurs their- from the dinosaur show are all staff writers for the podcast now. Sure, they are. <laughs> we got them. All those costumes. Uh, back to Chacon. Not the mother drowns the children. The father drowns them. While the mother realizes this, she first attempts to save the drowned children, then in a grief-stricken state, commits suicide along them. Conspiring to conceal the event and use it to his benefit, the father fabricated the narrative that the mother committed the horrific multiple murder-suicide. He continues, This narrative makes clearer sense in contrast to the previous more popular narrative that had no reliable sources. The distorted, erroneous story fabricated by the father was embraced without question in that era and quickly propagated throughout Mexico over generations assisted by uh, Marianismo and Machismo, states Chacon. Now, Marianism is uh, the belief that femininity should kind of be tied to wholesome, chaste, uh, virginal characteristics, you know, pure, in all aspects of life, whereas Machismo is all about men's domination and control over women in most aspects of life. Essentially, according to Chacon, the La Llorona tale has been morphed into a story influenced by a male-dominant culture, and that is why it is told as an evil woman who murders kids and not relevant to his findings, which are that she's more of a protector of children and a victim. And he ain't buying the idea of her connection to Aztec goddesses. Oh, no. (laughs) Here's what Chacon has to say on that. I have dealt with multiple clients slash cases where the phenomenon is directly related to these and other ancient Aztec and Mayan beings slash entities. And while it is possible for misinterpretations to occur, it is highly unlikely that these beings or phenomenon relating to them were mistaken for La Llorona. Additionally, my La Llorona research slash investigation found no indication whatsoever to suggest any connection between La Llorona and any Mesoamerican ancient culture beings slash entities or even hints of any ancient civilization, end quote. Chacon concludes that, quote, While the story of La Llorona may at first seem clear and straightforward, an in-depth exploration of it and its origins reveal a much more ambiguous narrative. Upon assessing the origins and timeline of the folktale, it is a good example of how sociological dynamics and historical and cultural conflation can affect information and first- and second-hand accounts, end quote. He finds that the majority of myths, legends, folktales do start with some catalyst, some experience or incident, real or imaginary, uh, but that is so moving and inspiring that future generations are compelled to retell it. Humans love a good story. And who had a better story than Bran the Broken? (laughs) And as different retellings emerge, everyone adds their own spin and attempts to fill in any gaps in the tale. And people aren't done telling the story of La Llorona. Historically accurate or otherwise, in the form of film, TV, music, books, and theater. I mean, here's a list of La Llorona movies. First appearance was in 1935 in La Llorona. In 1960, another version of the same name premiered. 1963, The Curse of the Crying Woman. The 2000s saw a bunch of La Llorona movies. 
The River, The Legend of La Llorona, Revenge of La Llorona, The Curse of La Llorona, Godzilla versus La Llorona. <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. That's just our fan That's fiction. That's just my fan, yeah, fan fiction. 2000, uh, the 2007 movie, Haokel. 2008 Mexican horror film, Kilometer 31. 2011 Mexican animated film, La Leyenda de la Llorona. She is per- portrayed as a more uh, sympathetic character whose children die in an accident rather than at their mother's hands. 2019 saw two different La Llorona films debut as well. Uh, July of 2019, uh, James Wan, Gary Doberman, and Emil Gladstone, uh, or Emily Gladstone, sorry, produced a film titled The Curse of La Llorona. The film is the sixth installment in the Conjuring universe. Apparently, there's a Conjuring universe now. Yeah, everybody's got a universe. So, so I learned something. Uh, also in 2019, uh, Jairo Bustamante directed the Guatemalan film La Llorona. And these are just the movies. Like we said, there's TV adaptations, theater productions, and books as well. Nancy Farmer's 2002 science fiction novel, The House of the Scorpion, includes references to La Llorona. I loved that book as a kid, Andy. And in fact, there's a copy of it at my parents' house. Wow. I didn't realize you read this book. Art, what happens in the book? I don't really remember, but uh, I know it won a bunch of awards and I liked it a lot. Oh, okay. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Now nah, it's about a futuristic thing, and there's like you know there's a drug dealer, and the kid is a clone of the drug dealer, and there's like this new state between America and Mexico called uh, opium or opia. Yeah, there's a bunch of drugs and shit. And it's like in the future and shit. Mm, cool. Won a lot of awards. Yeah, check it out. Sounds good. I love clones. Well, bunkfuckers, what do you make of La Llorona? Is her tale one of fright or one of sorrow? Is La Llorona a protector or a killer? And what say you? Have you ever seen La Llorona? Do you have a La Llorona story that you'd love to share with us? We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Perhaps one day you'll be walking along, listening to your favorite podcast, which most likely isn't this show, but that's okay. We get it. And you'll hear the faint sound of gurgling. You stop for a moment and think, is that my stomach growling? Am I hungry? I just ate. How is this possible? You take out your headphones and listen again. And there it is. Gurgling. What is going on? You turn and suddenly three inches from you is the horrific sight of two below average looking podcast hosts. Their eyes are two boring pools like two condemned old unused public pools and their breath very stinky. But fear not, bunk bunkers. They mean you no harm. That gurgling... It was just the sound of your mind tummy crying out in hunger. And these two spectral podcast hosts are just Andy and Art here to serve you up another heaping portion of the whole enchilada. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. It sure is chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? 
The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia. You know, Art, with the horrific chilly weather outside, the only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art Debunked, available only on patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now? Oh, Art. Laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all the warmth I need. And for just $5 a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. So shilly. Oh, God. I'm shilled to the bone. I'm like a damn camel. Oh, shit, are we on? (laughs) Welcome back, Bunk Bunkers. That was our uh, research of La Llorona, the weeping woman. Folktale extraordinaire. Uh, Art? I was not familiar with La Llorona. I wasn't either. I had never heard of La Llorona before. No, no, yeah. No, not a story that was told to me by anyone in my family. Um, did your family scare the shit out of you with stuff at all? Um, you know, that's a good point. Um, they I just guess- hit you with guilt? I guess I, yeah, it's just their tactic. Yeah. Guilt, guilt was how I was raised. Um, just good old fashioned guilt. There was very little in the way of like, you know, we've talked a lot about like folkloric devices that might be used to scare children. Like, you know, La Llorona, maybe there's like, um, you know, the Wendigo might be used to like keep children in line. Oh yeah. Um, I, we never really had that. I mean, I guess it's like, if you want to get down to it, it's like the most probably like closest thing is like. Santa Claus because you know it's like what was Santa Claus going to do to you because you know it's like oh you know you got to be good or Santa Claus won't bring you any gifts and if you're really bad he'll murder you it's like if you're you know so that was uh that was that was the one thing in my family is you know that Santa would murder you if you were bad you're good you get gifts if you're bad you get murdered you know it's like my my dad used to tell us all you know Santa's got a candy cane that he like uh, honed into a shiv and he's going <laughs> to come down the chimney at night and stab you in the abdomen <laughs> if you are bad. And he's going to duct tape your mouth so you won't be able to scream so oh you just bleed God. out in bed. <laughs> he's going to he's going to put his his plate of cookies on your back and if he'll know if you move because the plate will come crashing to the floor and that's how he'll know. Yeah. Uh that you moved. Yeah. So we used to, you know, used to share these pictures of like, you know, be good or else. It was like a picture of like, you know, Santa Claus drinking a glass of milk while stabbing a child. <laughs> it was like really buff Santa. A really buff Santa? Yeah, it was like really buff, but with a big belly. Oh, wow. He's total bear mode Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, yeah, this was bear Santa. This is uh, just got out of prison Santa. Yeah, right. Exactly. Wow. That that's seems the only, healthy. That's the only thing in my family. That seems healthy. Although, I guess we also had, um, you know, like, oh, if you don't lose enough teeth, the tooth fairy will uh, carve. Has teeth. <laughs> if you don't lose enough teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, you got to be good. And if you don't lose enough teeth uh, on time, the tooth fairy's got a tooth she carved into a shiv. She'll stab it into you while you sleep. Now, let me take a guess. Or <laughs> there was, you know... Hey, if you're not good, you won't get it. You know, if you're good, you get an Easter basket. And if you're bad, the Easter bunny's got an egg that's been honed into a shiv and will murder you in your sleep 
with the egg. You have to be good and find a lot of eggs. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You're either, you're either good and you get your Easter basket, or you get murdered by the Easter Bunny. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, that's one way to raise a child. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, I turned out fine. I mean, I wouldn't say great. Not bad. <laughs> no, but in in all reality. I didn't really, I never really had anything. The only, you said it. The only thing that ever was motivated in my house uh, was guilt. Um, you know, I married, uh, other married people will know how this goes. You sometimes have multiple like obligations when it's the holidays. Yep. Um, you famously always do. I famously always do. I always invite you to my famous Christmas party. You always tell me you can't come. I've never, never been to you any of our holiday famous gatherings. balls. I'm just trying to give you my fucking famous rum balls, trying to shove my balls in your mouth and you don't yeah, want Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art's always dipping his rum, trying to dip his rum balls into my mouth and it's like, uh, no thanks, I have plans. Um, But, uh, you know, my wife and I, between our two families, like sometimes things are pretty tight uh, on timing and uh, there was one, uh, I think it was a New Year's Day uh, event. Uh, famous had, holiday, New Year's Day. Famous holiday, everybody loves it. People are always getting together on New Year's Day. Um, We had to go... Uh, to my wife's family and we had to go to my family after um, my mom had like prepared um, classic German fare pork roast and sauerkraut uh, sauerkraut and pork supposed to bring you good luck apparently through the new year um, so she made this meal we had already eaten pork and sauerkraut <laughs> before we got there uh, what this is served at everybody's house um, you're eating a lot of pork and sauerkraut. And I'd like, I like them both. I'll be honest with you. I eat a lot of that stuff. Um, so then, um, so we didn't spend a lot of time at my parents' house, uh, and we didn't eat very much, um, and all this stuff. And, um, the next day, uh, my dad came to visit me at work and he was talking to me about it and he was like, well, you know, your mom was pretty disappointed. That you couldn't stay longer. She didn't hardly get to spend any time with you because she was so busy preparing dinner and then cleaning up after dinner. And then you two left. If you don't have enough time to see us, you can just say so. But it would be nice for your mother if you made some time on special days like this to spend some time. <laughs> wow. You and really, I think that... Yeah, you're the weeping woman for sure. Yeah, I think that like sums up my upbringing. Jesus Christ. Is events like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we just kind of had like the boogeyman, I guess, but that wasn't really like something that my parents threatened me with. They yeah. always said God would punish you. Yeah. If you do something bad, God was big. Yeah. Did he punish you? Yeah. Yeah, you're friends with me. But <laughs> God fucking got you, dude. You got God. God got you. Oh my God, the eternal, the eternal get introduced me to Andy. Got him. Got him. Good job, God. Um, but no, apparently La Llorona is pretty prevalent. A lot of people have these stories and yeah. um have sightings. I, I find it fascinating the twist, Andy. 
Do you, do you find the twist at this in this script in this story fascinating at all? I mean, uh, at first you're reading into it. A lot of the stories you read, a lot of the information you gather from wherever the internet, from YouTube, is very. Uh, oh, she's gonna come drown your fucking kids. Oh my god. Ooh. But then you start digging a little bit deep. Maybe she's actually good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's surprising, and you know. I think I think the real power in the twist is that Chubby Checker came up with a very catchy song, and it's an easy dance to do. So it's not hard to see why it would have become popular and caught on, uh, you know, at a time of dance crazes. But as for, I mean, it's weird that you would ask me that question in the middle of this uh, discussion. But as for La Yorona, I do think it's weird that, well, you know, I think people want to believe in the the malevolent stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's that makes a better movie than a nurture, kind nurturing ghost. Casper's probably the only like nice ghost that ever made a good movie. But I can see, you know, why people would gravitate toward more like, you know, oh, I I like the the ghost with no eyes that kills children. Like it makes a scary movie rather right. than like <laughs> we were going to sleep in this room and then a ghost told us to sleep in a different room and we were scared at first, but then the room collapsed because of a sinkhole. Thanks, ghost. Like, it's a good ghost. That's a good ghost. Casper wasn't the only good ghost. There was Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah. From Noggin. Yeah. Canadian television show, I believe. Ghost Rider. Ghost wow. Rider was a fucking bro. Um, ghost Rider didn't have an agenda other than helping some... kids get their fucking books published. What are some other good ghosts? Slimer's pretty cool. Yeah, Slimer's not bad. bad. The ghost that gave Dan Aykroyd a blowjob. That's a nice thing to do for a friend. That is a good ghost. It's a real good ghost. <laughs> good ghost. Good ghost will do that. Uh, other good ghosts. Uh, is uh, are the Patrick are the, Swayze? Not the actual Patrick Swayze. Sexy ghost. I've never seen his actual ghost but right. from the movie ghost yeah they had sex on a pottery wheel yeah that's a good ghost that's a good ghost um i'd say i'd say another good ghost might be are the ghosts from mario good or no they're bad those are bad ghosts boo and those ghosts i think his name is boo yeah you can't touch boo can't touch him so i'd say boo is a bad ghost okay boo is a bad ghost i don't know if boo works for bowser or what i'm not up to date on my mario lore but the good thing about Boo is that all you have to do is look at him and then he freezes. That's true. As long as you don't take your eyes off Boo, you can't do much. So I'm going to say he's a bad ghost because he's trying to hurt Mario. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the good ghosts. Those are that's exhaustive list of all good ghosts. It's a very long all list. Media. Definitely putting together a uh, a team of ghosts. If you think that you can come up with another good ghost, let us know. But uh, I'm pretty sure that's all of them in recorded history. Um. So I can see why people like the bad ghost more than they like the good ghost. Oh, for sure. I, I totally get it. I do find the twist interesting. And Chacon's analysis of it, I think, is interesting, too, to say, like, oh, this originally started out as a story about a, a shitty husband, but a male-dominated culture twisted it to, like, make it, oh, well, no, the husband was not so bad. It's just this crazy woman who then will hurt your children afterward. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it's uh. You know, I can definitely see that. I wonder. I mean, obviously, you know, we don't really have a connection with La Llorona. I would be really interested to hear from some other listeners, bunk funkers, who who hear that and say like, "Oh shit, 
Maybe that maybe that makes you mad. Maybe you grew up with La Llorona. You like the nostalgia mm-hmm. of the evil, malevolent spirit. Maybe that uh, maybe you're like that checks out. Yeah, I guess if you grew up and La Llorona was like a threat, you know, like you know, behave, or I'm gonna turn this car and we're gonna go back to Winnipeg and <laughs> La Llorona's gonna get you. Then I guess I could see where you'd be like a little incredulous at a helpful La Llorona because you'd be like, well, that's not the La Llorona I know. Maybe this is another La Llorona. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the history is very interesting. I'd never heard the history of La Malinche. I'd, uh, no, that's a new one to me, too. Yeah. That was very interesting. Fascinating stuff. I mean, obviously, on the ghostly side, of course, Bunk Funkers. Listen, we don't want to beat down a uh, dead horse here, but obviously, Andy and I never really had anything ghostly happen to us. We've never yeah. seen a La Llorona. We've never seen a friggin' regular ghost. You want to wade into the controversy on La Malinche? Where do you fall on that? No. <laughs> do you? No, I can see it from both sides. Yeah. It's because I can see, I mean, if you feel like this person is a traitor to your people. Yeah. I think that's totally justified. But also, if you said, well, she was also sold into slavery. Right. Like, what was she supposed to do? It's like she could have done a bad job, but that probably would have been like bad too. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to Yeah, she was trying to people are like they understand that she's just trying to make the best of a shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um definitely though, I see the connections with La Llorona, like big time. There's yeah, a lot of sure. connections there. I get I get the connection for sure. I mean, it feels very like La Llorona, like Yeah. La Malinche has some uh uh there's something to do with the river with her as well. You know, obviously that was a very broad brushstroke of a backstory on her. Um, the way she helped with various different um, battles and things. So, um, and there's a lot of other history too, because uh, I might be wrong on this, but I think this is true is that she wasn't necessarily an Aztec. She was like a different native indigenous person of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I guess people are like, well, she was trying to take the opportunity to kind of get out of a situation where it's like, well, either the Aztecs are going to come conquer my area or these people are going to come conquer my area. Mm. I might as well get in good with these people because either way, I'm getting we're getting fucked. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I think there might have been something like that. People say, mm. but yeah, yeah. You know, I'm no historian. <laughs> that much is true. Yeah, no debate on that point. Um. But yeah, the ghost area, I mean, I'm going to be honest, you know, this feels a little bit more like a folk tale than it does like a real true ghost. You've got like, you've got people like all over the, you've got people, <laughs> Andy's just adjusting on his toilet. I don't know what he's doing. I just got to, just got to move around a little bit. It's warm in here. So, yeah, uh, you it's know, it's getting hot. My fellas are dripping into the water. Okay. Uh, <laughs> They're going for a dunk in the pool, if you know. Hey, what I mean. little Dunkachino. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 like okay, so people people in North America and Santa Fe are like seeing it, but then like people in Mexico are seeing it, and it's like, yeah. well, I don't know. With ghosts, you know, it's like, how is she in all these different places at once? Who is she, Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's not, not Santa all Claus these different rivers. It should be one river. 
Yeah, I mean, ghosts ghosts usually get associated with like a place or like yeah. uh, um, a, an event or something like they that. They haunt either a person or a place. Yeah. A thing. Yeah. A die book box. Yeah, so it seems weird to me too that like just that a ghost would be at a lot of different rivers, like especially over such a broad area. But this I think is something that we've talked about in the past where it's like folklore merges with um, like mo- more modern uh, interpretations of things. Like somebody has an experience, they don't know how to explain it, and they revert to like this folkloric thing. That yeah, oh, it was La Llorona. Yeah, that was never meant to be like real, but you go, maybe it was real. I mean, Chacon kind of like, I listen, I don't know anything about Chacon. I don't know anything about his practices, the battery of psych- psychological and physiological <laughs> tests that he put people through. Yeah. I don't know what constitutes a battery of tests. How many is a battery of tests? Is it two tests? Is it one? Uh, I think it's got to be more than one. Yeah. Do you give people greater a breath- than one test? A breathalyzer, and then you put them through like a Myers Briggs test, and you're like, all right, yep, there you go. You're fit to talk about your ghost story. Um, the only time that I went through a battery of tests, and it was only one test, is uh, that time that I had a like a bootleg polygraph done, and they hooked my nipples up to a car battery. That was definitely a battery of tests. Yeah, that was a battery of tests. Yeah. Of test. Mm-hmm. It was one test. You were hooked up to a battery. Yeah. I passed out and cummed almost simultaneously. <laughs> you were seeing a different kind of ghost in a white dress. <laughs> yeah. It was the one you were the shooting. Ghost the, in the white uh, dress. Your penis. <laughs> what I call my seed. Yeah. It was, uh, can I even call it? You were weeping. You were weeping out of your penis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The weeping penis. I think that was a Bing Crosby song. (laughs) Well, no. And it was, it was also a, uh, I I believe it was a Beatles song while my dick gently weeps. Yeah. (laughs) Will the weeping penis always weep for me? (laughs) And there's those famous trees in Savannah, the weeping penises. Yeah. see a weeping penis crying on his pillow i wonder is he crying for me (laughs) (laughs) oh boy uh yeah uh yeah i mean with ghosts you know okay chacon right so he kind of shows it he looked through, allegedly, he looked through almost 3,000 cases, and it's like mm-hmm. only 100 of them were even. Very small number. Were even remotely connected to La Llorona, and that, and it had nothing to do with what most people consider La Llorona. Yeah. It's interesting that so many of them where it was like. Yeah, like over half of them were like, this isn't paranormal at all. Not paranormal. And then a good chunk of the remaining were like, it's other paranormal activity. It has nothing to do with La Llorona. I don't know how you determine that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a fair question, but it's just very interesting that it's like, Oh, well, there's only this many like true actual La Llorona related things out of this huge number of, of cases. True. Um, well, Andy, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to give a verdict on La Llorona? I guess what is our verdict? Yeah, what will we verdict? 
give a verdict on. She's technically real because she's like a folklore. She might have. I guess you could kind of give a verdict on on what you think her historical origin is. If she's connected to somehow these Aztec goddesses, if she's connected to uh, La Malinche, if she's connected to nothing. Uh, she's just a story. Um, and then whether you think uh, these some of these sightings are real or not, I guess, is what we can kind of say here. huh? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to start with origin. And I'm going to give kind of a, kind of a probably a bullshit verdict. And so... Oh. You know, art, bunk funkers, call me out on this. As opposed um, to all the other verdicts. Yeah, the other verdicts I'm real solid on. This one I think you're going to say, ah, this is bullshit, you fucker. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know why you're being so rude to me, art. And bunk funkers, call me a fucker. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to say plausible plus plus. Wow. That La Llorona is sort of a pastiche of pastiche. Different stories, like. Maybe we're taking elements. This is like a folklore tale. Maybe we're taking elements of Aztec deities where these are not exactly just in modern interpretation of it, but we're taking some aspect of Aztec deities. We're taking, um, you know, morphing that into like a folkloric tale, which is then spread and made into this ghost story that we know today. Wow. I don't think that's that bullshit. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the bunk funk girls will see that as a cop out, but I don't see that as that bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Lots of folk tales. I mean, even that's what fucking Chacon said. It's yeah. like you take a bunch of different shit. There's usually one inciting incident, but then people fill in the gaps. They have their own yeah. flavors. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to sit here and say like, you know, hey, this is like only based on this story of the Aztec goddess you know what i mean like or right. of a goddess in the aztec religion like right. it's hard it's hard for me to sit here and say that because it's like it seems like it could be elements of both i mean it just depends on how much you strip back like i'm sure that that's all like germinating behind in the minds of people when they make these stories um so that's that's an origin and i'm saying plausible plus i don't know why i'm saying plausible plus plus I'm going to say case confirmed. Whoa. Plausible plus plus was weak. A verdict switcheroo mid verdict. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to say case confirmed. It's a mixture. Good Lord. What is happening? That's, I'm, I don't Andy's care. Andy's eyes are pooling over black. He's got a black veil over his I face. He's have crying. been possessed by the La Llorona of verdicts and... I am going to give you comfort, bunk funkers, he's, and say case confirmed. He's drowning the bunk the bunk funkers uh, belief in him in a river, and bringing back forth a new verdict. Wear it like a warm, toasty blanket. It will <laughs> keep you safe in the night. Goodness. Um, and then the next thing we're asking is: Is this real? Ghost. The ghost part of it is the ghost part of it real? Uh, like, is it? It's a, is it a legit ghost? Well, I mean, bunk fuckers. Andy giveth, Andy taketh away, case closed. There's no such thing as ghosts. <laughs> wow, on both ends of the spectrum, <laughs> green and red. So I guess for the whole thing, I'm plausible. There you go. The perfect mix, perfectly balanced. As all things should be. So I'm case confirmed. It's a mixture of things, the La Llorona. Very interesting origins Whoa. on this one. Very, you were right, Art. Art warned me. Art said, you're going to like this historical evidence. I'm doing my hand thing that Art loves. Where I move my hands 
They come kind of together and yeah, then they split apart. Like mag- yeah. magnets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his little karate chops. Yeah, and uh, Art said, you're going to like this history thing. Art was right. I was right. He called it. Don't I know it? He called it. I call it like I seize it. And I'm so, about to call it. Case confirmed. Case closed. Uh, right here with my verdict. Um, yeah, let's hear this. I'm going to go with... I'm so confident in this. Very plausible okay. that it, La Llorona is a derivative of La Malinche. Oh, okay. I see the connections. I see the influence. I see the controversiality throughout history. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it's derived from that in some way. You know, Chacon said it best where it's some kind of experience story that starts somewhere and uh, is morphed over time because it uh, makes people feel something. And um, I think La Malinche has a story that definitely makes people feel something, whether you hate it or you love it. Yeah. Well, not love it, but whether you hate it or you understand it, whether you sympathize or recognize or posturize or scrutinize, whether you scrutinize or sympathize yeah. with my La Malinche, uh, I think uh, I think I can see where that uh, that story is powerful, and, and and people are inspired by it. Very plausible. Very plausible. So that's what I think. That was that. a strong verdict. A very strong verdict. See, mine was more weak. Yours very strong. <laughs> what was I going to say? They are weak while he is strong. Yes, Bunker loves me. Yes, Bunker loves me because the podcast told me so. <laughs> um, What do I think about ghosts? Bunker loves the little listeners, <laughs> all the listeners of the world. I'm not going to say the rest. I don't remember the rest. Uh, but you're all precious in our sight. Oh. Bunker loves the little listeners of the world. Wow. You hear that, Bunk Bunkers? You're loved. Um, With ghosts. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go plausible minus minus on the ghosties, you know. Uh, I think maybe some people can see these spirits and these spirits, you know, this spirit of La Llorona is helping out the little children all over the world and uh, some sort of weird supernatural explanation that you can't explain happens. Wow. Uh, you, know that, you know, there's probably an explanation for that sinkhole. There's probably like a gas leak and everyone was hallucinating. <laughs> And they imagined they'd be a sinkhole? Yeah. And then, that's, no, that's very plausible. No, they hallucinated the La Llorona, and then the sinkhole was real. That's why there was all this underground trauma. Crack the gas line. They're all hallucinating. There you go, Andy. I mean, you could... Uh, you can, uh, highly you, plausible on that. You are highly plausible on that, but uh, I'm going to go with plausible minus minus on these stories. You know what? We didn't... There's so many other La Llorona stories out there. Uh, we didn't, we couldn't possibly get to them all. We can only give you a handful here. But uh, hey, bunkfuckers, that's our verdict. Let us know what you think on La Llorona. Use the hashtag. Use the hashtag. The Weeping Bunker. <laughs> the Weeping Bunker. The Weeping. The Weeping Bunker. Uh, yeah, the weeping bunker. Use the hashtag the weeping bunker. It was either that or my Yorona. <laughs> I like my Yorona better. <laughs> That's way better. My, 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 woo!
Use the hashtag MyYorona and let us know what what's your La Llorona story. What do you think about La Llorona? And what do you think about our verdicts? Okay, email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. Find us on YouTube, mm-hmm. youtube.com forward slash C forward slash MrBunkerPod. And finally, if you like the show and, and have a means to support it and want to support it, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash MrBunkerPod. Whew. You can get, get a new episode of Andy and Art Debunked every single month. Yeah. We do a lot of extra fun episodes. Full-length episodes. These are full-length things. Full-length, Hour, two yeah. hours long. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got time to kill, you're going to love this. Oh, my God. If you have no time <laughs> at all. Well, Andy. Wow. We've been spending a lot of time and... What a story. Hanging out with ghosts. La Llorona. Quite a ghost, quite a folkloric tale. Oh, my goodness. Um, Good origin story for this yeah. ghost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, Tervino, great topic. Great topic. Um, uh, I mean, Andy, you know, it's almost like maybe we should make like a ghost and disappear forever from everyone else's lives. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, people would love for us to be like ghosts in my view in that we would have never existed and aren't real right now. <laughs> Well, let's give them that wish. What do you say? <laughs> For not the titular Mr. Bunker before my Vibrissa. Vibrissa. Mm. Does that mean like I vibrate? I got vibratory qualities? Stiff, bristly hairs growing about the mouth of certain animals. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. I love how you're always using a noun as an adjective. It's whatever pops in my head. <laughs> yeah. My expansive vocab. You know it, Bunkers. So many words at the ready for art. He's got him he's got him queued up like a trebuchet, like a linguistic trebuchet. Gonna fling his words at you. Break down your walls. Storm your castle. The whole enchilada. Delicioso. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, 
please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.